is the Upstate Lacrosse Show, covering all aspects of lacrosse in Upstate New York. College, high school, professional. Brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Saltine Warrior Sports Pub, Kenny and Kenny Law, Tully's, and Highfield Enterprises. Here are your hosts, former Syracuse lacrosse four-time All-American Rick Beardsley and Steve Infante. Good morning, everybody. This is Rick Beardsley filling in for the old pro, Steve Infante. We don't know where Steve is right now. I think he's somewhere uh, on the eastern seaboard. But unfortunately for all of you on your way to get coffee and donuts, you're stuck with myself and engineer Tommy filling in today as the play-by-play or side kick to Ricky B here. I'll take that. That's, a, that's not a bad gig, no, is it? not a bad gig at all. I Fun. mean, you're a professional. Thank you. I am a pure amateur. No, you're a professional. I am? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 going to be difficult, folks, today. But you, as I said, you have reached the Upstate Lacrosse Show. If you are on 97.7 FM and the on the ESPN app, you're listening. I know this show is broadcast all over the world right now. I know oh, there's yeah. people in Taiwan. Yep. Listen, there's Team Taiwan, Team Hong Kong, who I do business with. They're listening. Uh, we got a great show today, folks. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about, more importantly, the other colleges in Central New York, which we neglect all the time. Now, unfortunately, Syracuse is not the best uh, team right now in Central New York. We have Colgate and Cornell, uh, that uh, Colgate with the win, and Cornell's ranked number three. We're going to have uh, their head coach, Pete Millman, on in the third segment, about 9.30, where you can catch Pete. Uh, he's waiting. Cornell is uh, taking on Albany today at 3 p.m. That should be a pretty good matchup, Tom. I would think so. Two I mean, top 15 teams in the country? No, Albany's out. Albany's, Albany's out. out yep, Albany's out of the thing. Uh, but one thing I want to jump into right away, folks, is uh, congratulations to the Twarton finalists from Syracuse University men's, Nick Mellon, uh, who you went to high school with, Tommy. Who you just were defending for 15 oh, minutes. Yeah. I was My uh, guy. I was breaking him down a little bit, you know, with being on the Twarton list with Five ground balls and four caused turnovers, but that's you know the everyone gets a trophy society that we live in today. Uh, and also Brendan Curry, the midfielder, and on the women's side, Emily Haverchuk uh, and uh, Jenny Levy. Now, uh, an interesting side note: there's a Division Two player on it on the Twarton finalist list, uh, Charlie Bertrand from Baldensville, who plays at Merrimack, who was an all everything in Division Two last year. Uh, how did he slip? Hmm, how did he slip through the cracks? That's interesting. Uh, anyway, we'll move on from that. And then locally, Kayla Sears from Skinny Atlas, Princeton, uh, on the women's side, uh, she's a finalist as well. So uh, I really want to dive into this Twarton thing quickly, and then we'll move on from it. But my my thing is, do, why do we have to have fifty on a list? I mean, do you really think that Nick Mellon and uh, Brendan Curry are going to actually win the Twarton? I mean. You're on a top 15 team. You're not even in the top 10 right now. And Syracuse probably will break into the top 10 moving forward. I do think. What real chance do you have? You don't really have like a chance at all to be a winner of the Tawarton Trophy if you're really, in my opinion, you're not on like a top four team. Now, on the women's side, Havichuk and Levy, what I tell you earlier in the year, Tommy? You were right. You nailed that prediction. I've nailed not a lot of predictions because last week I, <laughs> I chose with my I chose with my head instead of my heart. Sure. And that was a wrong move. 
I was off. I did. I'll admit it, folks. I picked Army to win by a goal, but I also that's bad, naughty Rick on his part. I didn't check the stats on faceoffs for Army. Twenty four percent on the season, and it was pretty in bad. The yes, I did not know that. If that was the case, I would have picked Syracuse. Yeah, yeah I think I might have. Um, but you know, Curry and Mellon doing a great job. I mean, again, you know, I, I don't I, like you think you know you love him because he's your neighbor. You know, Tommy's a Camillus guy, everybody, and that gives a little local flavor. I live in North Syracuse, so it's kind of a little bit of a rivalry you have. You know, he didn't like CNS football, I bet, right? Nope, not at all. See, whoa, not I really struck all. a nerve, a didn't bit, I? A little bit. Wow, they're pretty good up there, I can't lie. They're really good. Yeah, and in CBA, we had a couple off years, but we could be back. Off right now, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a buddy, one of my good friends, anyway, he's the defensive anything line you coach can to CBA, actually. Who? EJ Northrup. That's right. He's the defensive line and now offensive line coach as well. All right. Well, this is a lacrosse show, so we can't talk about yeah, football we'll that much. That. All right. So, folks, I wanted to go through a, uh, a couple of other teams in Central New York. Uh, they say the others, and and give you a little bit about them because we don't talk enough about them. We're always diving into uh, Syracuse men's or Syracuse women's, and even Syracuse women's gets no play really here, and they're legit. And I mean, how do I neglect my boy Gary Gate? My boy Reggie Thorpe, who I was on a line on defense with for two years. We won a national championship together. I mean, I, I just feel like I've disrespected them, and that's not good. It's just not good, Tom. It's just not good. We'll give them the respect they deserve on the show. We're going to try and do that. So let's just dive in. I'll give a quick overview of where everybody's at. And, uh, you know, I didn't, and listen, folks, if I missed a team, don't call and kill me. All right, I'm doing my best here. Uh, you know, the one thing you can do, if you want to, you know, tweet at me, you can. I'm at Uncle Ricky Beast. All right, on Twitter, shoot a tweet at me. I'd be happy to to try and answer it, answer a question, or call in. You know, at three one five four three seven seven six four four. We always appreciate a caller, of course. All right, so let's just dive in. Cornell, the men's program, ranked number three in the country. Like I said, we'll have Pete Milliman on in about uh, twenty minutes and give him a good interview. They're two and zero. They play today versus Albany. They have a Twarton finalist and probably the front runner right now, Jeff Teed on attack, uh, Clark Peterson on attack. John Piatelli, I knew his old man Jack pretty well. Uh, he used to be a Brian guy out in Massachusetts. Uh, now, Jeff Teat, amazing, legit, averaging seven points a game. Now, on the flip side, Cornell women's assistant coached by my buddy Billy Olin, who is a horsehead's kid who I coached, who was a goalie at Rutgers. Love Billy. Uh, unfortunately, they're 0-2, and they're led on attack by Caroline Allen. Uh, they play Syracuse on Syracuse's last game of the season on 4-16, and they're unranked. Now let's jump into Cuse women's. We often don't get a chance to talk about Gary and the girls on the hill, but man, are they good. They're number four in the country, came all the way down from 17. They're 5-1, and one, and their only loss was to number one BC. They play today after the men's game, and if your folks want to see high-level lacrosse, let me, let me take a step back and tell you a little bit about women's lacrosse. I have daughters in my house, Tommy. Okay, And both my kids are, are pretty decent. My wife was obviously a pretty decent athlete with you know being a top 40 athlete of all time in the city Ooh. here. Oh, yeah. Tori, my wife, I'm a loser in my humble house. Humble brag. What's up? Humble, better athlete than you? Oh, my God. I'm humble pie in my house. I mean, think about it. I married, a, I married a woman who's a 14-time All-American. Okay, 14. Not four, like me. Has three national championships. Has two world championships, and only swam three years in college. That's the real deal. The real deal. And you, know, you got to forget about her father, my father-in-law, Pete DeSilvia, who many people consider to be one of the best athletes in this town ever. He played for the Cubs. Uh, and then my wife's grandmother's brothers are all the 
the Hall of Fame boxing to John's. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty good on that side of the family, I'd say, right? My kids think that because my our oldest is a really good lacrosse player, Angela, people think it's for me. I just coach him, right? I'm the guy who just you know throws a stick in their hand and yells at him a lot. It's really my wife. But SU women's uh, just is unbelievable right now. If you folks aren't going to a game, you're crazy. I'm even staying for that game. I'll be there at 12 with my boy Hollywood in the executive box, thanks to my boy Pat Mooney. Uh, we'll be in the executive box. I went out to dinner, by the way, last night with uh, Chris Cotter and Quint Kestnich from ESPN and uh, and uh, producer Mike. They'll be uh, calling that game today at noon. By the way, those guys are consummate professionals. It's unbelievable. I was telling you the story earlier, Tommy, of uh, when I always will do a playoff game. I have this huge, like, I have the computer up, notes. They come in with two pieces of paper, him and Carcaterra, him and, him and Paul. It's all upstairs for them. Oh, that's and I'm like that's pro and a Joe, just like you're getting today with me, folks. And then let's slide over to the other side on the hill. The Lemoyne men's who stumbled early. They lost to rank uh, seventh ranked Mercy College in the first game of the year, ten seven. They're two and one. Uh, they moved up from ninth last week to seventh in the polls. They take on my old roommate and his team today, James Fitzpatrick Morrissey from Skinny Atlas. Former All-American attackman here at Syracuse. Mojo comes back to his hometown to try and take on LeMoyne men's at 4 o'clock at LeMoyne. Who are you rooting for in that one? Mm, I mean, I love, you know, obviously, Danny's my boy. But Mojo and I, oh, we've had many a good times. Close. He was in my wedding party. Okay. So I think I'm going to go. Sorry, Dan, I love you, but I'm, I'm going to have to root for St. Rose today. Ooh. Yep, for the black and gold. They're customers too, so I have to do that too. That's, <laughs> he, he, he buys for me. Uh, you know, Lemoyne is uh, is is led by uh, Dan Antiman, who was an All American last year, senior midfielder. He's having a little bit of a rough start, slow start. Matt Hutchins from Marcellus is their leading scorer. Uh, you know, Ben McCreary, kid who played for me, is on the squad. Jack Sweeney. You have a whole host of of Central New York and and Western New York players that are on Lemoyne, and Lemoyne will get back on track. The one thing that is surprising me about Lemoyne right now is they're not scoring a lot of goals on the men's side. They're just not scoring a lot of goals. And typically, I was talking with uh, a parent yesterday who was a former player, Randy Rumble, who lives here in Syracuse, Carthage guy. Our daughters play together. And uh, Randy was, we were talking about, they just weren't putting up points. Lemoyne typically puts up a ton of goals. Uh, you know, I mean, I would think today they're going to. Uh, Mojo is a great coach. He really is one of the best coaches uh, I've ever been around who's at St. Rose, but Danny Sheehan obviously has five national champs. You love him because he's a Camillus guy. Sure. Let's be honest. You're Jenny. Oh, yeah. Do you really, you bleed? You bleed the the, the Navy and, uh, and and athletic gold? I don't know if I bleed it, but what? I root for Hold it. Hold on. Now, Mike, Mike Burns listens to this, your Ooh, former AD. I bleed it. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. I bleed Come it. on. How could I you not it. say no, that? No, you're right. You know, and the I great... mistake. Yes. And the great thing, folks, we will, uh, we will in the next couple of weeks when the when the... The season starts for varsity and JV boys and girls next Monday, or this Monday coming up for lacrosse season. We will have Sean Smith on, the new head coach uh, at West Jenny. Uh, I've known Sean uh, quite a long time. He has had a, a winning record for a lot of years at Corcoran. He took over a very tough situation, uh, and there's no better guy locally, I think, that can handle that situation than him. It's the truth. So I'm going to put you at ease, being a Jenny guy, that I think Sean's going to do a great job. Good to hear. You know, they, they look forward to it. And and let's be honest, Jenny has set the bar for what all of our high school programs need to be like. 
What I can't believe last year is what I said earlier, and, and we know that 2019 for me is is the is the year of just saying it like it is. How could anybody on that part of town get pissed off and get upset about losing in a state championship game? Oh, my word. But then I thought about it, and I equate it to everybody getting upset that Syracuse is not in the top four in men's lacrosse. Or you could say something like Alabama football, where they expect to win a championship every year. They made it again. But, but you have to, like, I, like and, I, and I understand that. But I, I tell people all the time, in defense to Mike Massaire, there was not a team in the country that really was going to be able to beat Ward Melville. They were they're just stacked, and they're stacked again. Jay Nugas, uh, you know, down at uh, at War Melville, their head coach. The guy has just built an incredible culture. He's a Ward Melville guy. He has those kids playing all the time. I mean, like I was telling you, their defense. Like you're a big guy, Tommy. Their defense made me look like I was a dwarf. I mean, they were so big. Uh, but that being said, uh, Danny Sheehan again. Like I said, the Lemoyne men's are seven taking on St. Rose today, and then we flip the page. To the defending national champs, coached by Carol Taylor, the Lemoyne women's, the Lemoyne Dolphins. They haven't played a game yet. They open with uh, Franklin Pierce coming up. And then we pop over the team that took out Syracuse in our listening area. You're not supposed to lose to Colgate, by the way. But that being said, the Colgate men's are ranked 16th. Now, this is baffling to me. How is Colgate ranked behind Syracuse, who they beat? And Colgate's only loss is to number two Maryland, who, by the way, will probably jump if they win today, will probably jump to the number one spot due to uh, Towson beating Loyola, who was the unanimous number one. So Maryland's going to slide up. I just don't understand how people can rank Colgate. That just tells me that people are thinking Colgate had a fluke. I hate to break it to everybody. That game was not a fluke, folks. Matt Carwick, who, by the way, we will get on as a guest because that's my thing. We're going to bring coaches from now on. I'm going to ask for everybody. All right? That's why we got Pete today. We'll ask for Matt. We'll try and get Coach Desco. Uh, I don't know if he'll come on, but uh, I'll try to get Gary Gate. I'll get all the guests that I can. Um, we'll definitely get Andy Shea from Yale because he's a local guy. Uh, but I'm, I just don't understand why people really think that was a fluke. Colgate truly outplayed Syracuse. They played harder. Uh, and Colgate is no slouch. I mean, they lost by... Five to the number two team in America. I mean, they're pretty good. All right. Now the Colgate women's, on the other hand, is struggling a little bit. They're unranked. They're two and two. Uh, they're at Wagner today. Uh, by the way, Colgate men's open up their Patriot League play today uh, at Colgate. So if you want to check out a great game uh, against Lehigh, Lehigh Colgate, big Patriot League matchup, probably on the Patriot League network. You could probably check it out there. And then we slide uh, down to. Cortland Men's, who are ranked 16th in Division III. Uh, they're 0-1. They play a tough one tomorrow against number 4. Tufts, I suspect they'll be 0-2. Tufts is the real deal. Uh, D'Onofrio has it going on there. And then the Cortland Women's are 0-0, haven't played a game. So what do you think, Tom? What do you think is the big game today? Syracuse, obviously. There it is. That's what we got coming And that's up. a perfect segue, folks. We'll be back. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. See you in segment two. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. Come on, man. Oh, oh, yeah. 
Well, you're going to call it a comeback. You got Rick and Tom, and Steve is out somewhere. We're still looking for him. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. I'm Rick Beardsley. The show is brought to you by Fallon and Fallon Oral Surgery. Honestly, if you got to, I went. Angela went to Casey and, and Doctor Tim the other day. Got three teeth out. They were out in five minutes, completely whole. If you're not going to Fallon and Fallon, you're crazy. Uh, also brought to you by the Saltine Warrior. Go see John. He'll must buy you a drink. Highfield Associates, my boy Joe Bonacci, one of the best call center companies in all of America. And mm, the ever delicious Burger King. That's one of our sponsors. How lucky are we, Tommy, to have Burger King as a sponsor? Your favorite breakfast wrap. I really do get one every day. I can't lie. And then who doesn't love a Tully's Tenders? Now you are, so you, I mean, come on. You live in Camillus. You've been to the Camillus Tully's a hundred times. Tully's is one of our sponsors. It is a staple in our family. Every kid loves the Tully's Tenders. You got Empower Federal Credit Union and Kenny and Kenny Law. We had another law firm on, but they bailed on us. So Kenny and Kenny, you are the best. And we know that. We don't like that other law firm. All right, folks. It's time to review what we did last week, Syracuse Army, uh, was honestly, I don't know if the score showed what the game was really like. It seemed a pretty one-sided, lopsided game. Syracuse dominating. And what kept Army in was Army's goalie. Made a ton of saves. Okay, Syracuse only putting up 10 points, though, when they have won, they won you know, 10 goals when you, you win... 90% of the faceoffs, kind of tough, Tom. So there was a Syracuse win, but does it worry you since, like you just said, they dominated so much from the X that they only won by two goals in this game? Does that- yeah, with a shot clock, too. But that also shows what the shot clock's doing. It's kind of negating those big faceoff wins. You know, one thing Syracuse needs to do, and, I, and we talked about it uh, before the segment, was I just think it's time for Stephen Reifus to take a seat and to let Griffin Cook come in in that third spot. And, and everybody will say, well, he's a lefty, and Griffin is a righty. Well, here's the deal. The way Syracuse's offense is set up, it's basically primarily a two-man game behind. These guys are Division I lacrosse players. They can play either way. Uh, so I think you know it's time to, to give the freshman a shot as a starter. He has one goal, one goal more than, than Stephen Reifus does. Stephen Reifus just seems so out of funk. It's kind of crazy. He got stuffed. Remember when he got stuffed on the crease? That little lefty just gets stuffed, fakes high, goes high, and it's like the air came out of him and he didn't even ride. Now, could you look at it in a positive light and say, Stephen I don't look Rafis, at many things positively. Okay, well, I'm going to see if you look at this All right, one positively. Yep. He was the leading scorer on Syracuse last year with 48 points. Yep. He's got one point through three games, and Syracuse is 2-1 and one with two wins over ranked mm-hmm. opponents. Yep. Could you look at it and say yeah. they're still performing well even without their top scorer from last year? He's due to come. He's got to be coming up soon and start. start I agree. Going. You used, you you use the it analytics. Like yeah, I, you know, but there's a song, Janet Jackson. It was a good one. Okay, and it had a line. It said, "What have you done for me lately?" Sure. Dun, 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 dun. I know that was bad. It was more like Freddie Jackson, <laughs> but uh, it, I think they need that spark. They need that third guy. You can't have your leading scorer. Be shut out for this many games. It just can't happen. It's time for maybe, maybe pulling him. A little wake up call. A little wake up call to him. Absolutely. But folks, let's go through the stats for this Army game. Steve doesn't allow me to do the stats I'll thing. Allow you. Yes, because I just, I'm an analytics guy. I don't know, you know, that's a big word for me, analytics. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, it's a big word for me. I don't, I don't think I could ever spell it. Um, 
But I'm a big numbers guy. Always have been. I look at the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. Okay, the, the law of averages always averages out. We all know that. Shots. What was really interesting to me, Army had more shots than Syracuse, which tells me in a game that scores 10 goals and you win all those faceoffs, we are not getting enough shots on offense in tight. We are not getting enough shots. That should have been... Uh, Thank you, Hollywood, for texting me analytics. I appreciate that. He just, my buddy, uh, Mike Holdridge, Hollywood, just gave me the analytics uh, to make sure I spelled it. Yeah, I spelled it right. But Hollywood, I know you couldn't spell it. It it turned red and you hit it and then it it, it, it (laughs) used autocorrect. You did. Yep. Uh, And then shots on goal. Syracuse had 28, Army had 24. Saves. Now, this is where it's getting awesome now because goalie saves is just flying through the roof here because you got to get shots on. Whether they're good shots or bad shots, you got to get shots. Army had 18, uh, Drake Porter had 16. Turnovers. I mean, come on. 16, 16 saves was the most saves from a goalie, a Syracuse goalie since 2017 when Evan Malloy did it. whoop de doo Two years. That doesn't... Brian Higgins has been saying lately... That's Higgins. He is the, the voice of... I know he is. I love, I love Higgy. Oh, I just interrupted you. I just did Kyle Federley. Whoa. I like it. All right, keep going. He believes that Drake Porter may be the best goalie for Syracuse and John Galloway. What do you think? <laughs> Way too early to tell. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I, I don't know about that one. Okay. I mean, John Galloway, even to put him on that level. But I know I know he's not putting him on level, but, uh, you know. Since John Galloway. Since, he knows, I don't he knows know. Galloway's up, a, st- a step up above. And that'll just say Syracuse had some pretty lousy goalies over the last couple of years. I don't think they do. I think Drake Porter's very good. Don't get me wrong. He's kept him in a lot of games. He's definitely improved. The one thing, the first couple of games is off-stick side. Folks, watch him with his off-stick side. He's pretty susceptible, but he's learned to cover that up. There's no one calling in today. It's me and you. I'm making sure. There's no one calling in. Come on. And uh, so let's move on. Turnovers. This is disturbing. 16 turnovers for Army. Army couldn't like throw and catch. It was pretty bad in the beginning. I mean, pretty bad. Uh, They had an abysmal third quarter with six turnovers. And Syracuse had 13 turnovers. They got to clean that up, especially against UVA today. Clears Syracuse would usually its great self doing a great job on clear 16 of 18. Army was 16 of 20. Ground balls. You know, the one thing Syracuse did a great job of with Army was forcing Army's long sticks to carry the ball over. And if you looked at Army's long sticks, they weren't the most elite uh, with their feet. Uh, Syracuse got a bunch of turnovers off that and, and some good opportunities on the offensive end. And ground balls, this is the big disparity, but this also equates to faceoffs. Uh, Army had 40, I mean, Syracuse had 41 to Army's 26. And then that will just, you know, lead into faceoffs, 17 to 4. That's 13 ground balls right there that go on, on faceoffs. Army needs to find a faceoff guy badly. Real bad. Like, like go out there and pull like a government thing, you know, pardon somebody, do whatever you got to do, but you need a faceoff guy, Joe. Open tryout. Campus could, open tryout. To could you imagine guy? that? At, 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 like, they do it for uh, kickers in football. This is West Point, brother. <laughs> uh, and then extra man opportunity. Syracuse is 0 for 3. There wasn't a ton of penalties in the game, but now let's let's talk about right now what I'm seeing 
and I don't know what you're seeing, Tommy. You will do bleed orange. I am going to say this. Now, uh, Roy, Roy the Three is probably listening to the show. He'll probably shoot something at me or get mad at me about something. Who knows? But uh, I can tell you this. The passion and energy that John Desco is coaching with right now is something we haven't seen in 10 years. I have never seen Coach Desco get so angry at refs for years, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I might come on this show and crush that team sometimes, and him, I love the fact that he's getting after officials because he's fighting for his team, and guess what that, that's doing? That, the kids are seeing it. They're feeding off it, and what happens is those kids believe that he's in it with them. He's making a connection, which he hasn't had before. The energy of Syracuse, though, has been great in these last couple of games. Now, let me ask you, Tommy. I- I'm going to comment on it after you, but UVA versus Syracuse. <laughs> Two programs that were storied, historic, and now they're 13 and a 12 playing each other today. How do you feel about that? It feels different. That's not what it should be. I agree. I agree, man. What do you Now, what should it be? Top five? Yes, 100%. And Lars Tiffany, who, by the way, is the head coach. He's a Lafayette guy. Known Lars, played club with him here in central New York many years out of college. Great coach. Is doing his best. Now, people will say the lacrosse landscape has changed. It definitely has. But that's a blue blood. I know that in Charlottesville, they're not happy at him being 13. I mean, I think here, you know, everybody thinks we're just happy winning two in a row. This is amazing to me. Uh... But I just don't understand at times why we're happy about you know a team being a twelve. I mean, how are how are we happy about that? We're accepting mediocrity. Syracuse needs to get itself back into the top six. If they're in the top six, then I'll kind of be happy. Six? Yeah, no, nah, I really should be four. Okay. I always think you should be in the final four. But you know, in this day and age, right now, it doesn't doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem feasible. I mean, they have the schedule to get back into the... I, they do. They have the schedule to recover because their strength of schedule is extremely tough. They have the schedule to recover and become a top-four team. You mentioned the energy earlier from, from John Desco, and but after their loss to Colgate to open the season, you mentioned that the energy was lacking, and that was part of the reason why you believe they lost. So do you believe the energy now in these last two games has been the reason why they have seemed to... Change their season, change their season around, win two in a row, and seem to get back on track. One hundred percent. Their practices, I heard, have been intense. I mean, I'll tell you right now. Do you think they just look past Colgate? No, I think Colgate played with energy. I think they just thought they were going to whoop them because they did last year. And I guess you know that's kind of looking past them. But I don't accept that because as a Division One athlete, you're supposed to go out and perform. Okay, you're supposed to perform to your highest. And you can't, if the guy next to you is not performing to, to his highest ability or to where he should be, you either need to get in his shorts or you need to try and push yourself to be better to make up for his mediocrity. And Syracuse did not do that. But let's hope they get back on track today against UVA, 12 o'clock starting the Dome. Uh, folks, we're going to slide into our next segment. We have Cornell head coach Pete Milliman as our guest uh, in about three minutes. Uh, This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. I'm Rick Beardsley. That's Tommy the Engineer. We'll see you on the flip. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. 
I have to talk now, Tommy? No. Hey, folks, this is Rick Beardsley. I'm here with Tommy Hogan. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show, sponsored again by Fallon and Fallon Oral Surgery, Tully's Good Times, and Kenny and Kenny Law Firm. We have reached the time where we bring in our calling guest, and we are happy to bring on in the head coach of the number three ranked Cornell Big Red, located about 55 minutes south of us, and the best team. In the state of New York, they might be the New York State champions by the end of the year. We will know when they face uh, Syracuse. Uh, but Pete, how you doing, man? Doing well. How are you, Rick? Pete, you're always so exciting, and I know that you, you, you could feel it, man. <laughs> you could feel it, Pete. I don't know Thanks, why I'm. I, I know I don't know why I'm so excited to talk to you because you did beat me for a game-winning goal years ago in Lake Placid. You went lefty, which I didn't think you even had a left hand, but you did. It's the second and, time I've used it in my life. Well, guess what? It worked out pretty well for you. Hey, Pete, thanks for coming on with us, man. Uh, so, listen, I love the fact, because you know I talk to you all the time, and I, and I, yep. and I, I think you're an unbelievable coach, and, and I ask a lot of questions, and you've taught me some things. Like, you know, the one thing, Pete, the greatest thing I think you ever taught me was understanding offenses. Everybody usually ends up in certain spots. I never thought about it like that, and, you know, that just told me how good of a coach you really are. But uh, your Cornell team is ranked in the top four, and it hasn't been there in quite some time. You know, what do you, you know, tell us a little bit more about your team. We all know about Jeff Teat. We all know yeah. about him nationally. But you got some other good complimentary players that are just as good. Yeah, I think we got a handful of uh, of good kids. I think the you know position we're in is is really just a product of the work ethic from the guys and the you know, the commitment to a, a culture and, and, you know, just really belief in that if they do things the right way that, uh, you know, it'll work out for us in the long run. And, and, um, you know, it's a tough thing to buy into sometimes, but, you know, when you get 50 guys in a room and, and they're all, you know, committed to the right, uh, the right idea, the right concepts, and they're not, you know, looking for rewards and, and, uh, you know, recognition, they're just there for the process. Uh, you know, some pretty impressive things are, are possible, but, uh, um, you know, I think our, our team in general is, is led by a, a pretty good group of upperclassmen. I would say outside of Jeff Teat, the, the next most important piece on the offensive end is Clark Peterson, who, um, surprisingly, and, and I don't really even know how I can, you know, make sense of it, but he just doesn't get recognition. And, and it's, and it's surprising to me, but he was a, you know, 60 plus point attackman last year. He's, um, I think he's already 15 points in or something yes. like that to this season. Yep. He just, uh, you know, he's a, he's a quiet, uh, you know, productive player, but, um, you know, he's as smart and as tough as anybody I've been around. And I think he's a high-level guy, and sometimes he just, uh, you know, goes under the radar, which is, I guess, fine for us. Well, you slowly flew under the radar to number three in the country. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, if you think about it, you know, you kind of did. And, 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 and it's unbelievable. And, and, and so far, the success has been just immeasurable. Now, going into this season... You know, what was your goal for your team? Was it to be a top four team? Was it to win a national championship? Was it just to get better by the end of the year? Um, you know, I don't think the rankings are relevant at all. And, and, you know, on the other side of it, I would say a national championship is something that we, you know, we have to have, uh, you know, in front of us the whole, the whole season, the whole year, you know, as, as Cornell lacrosse players, it's something that we have to, try, we have to chase, we have to strive for. Um, you know, we really worked on, uh, you know, understanding who we are as a, as a group this year and, and then trying to figure out how to be the best version of that. You know, I don't want to walk in the locker room the first day and say, what is it going to take for us to be the number one team in the country? I just want to say, you know, how do we 
how do we continually work to get better? How do we buy into the right concepts? And then how do we find ourselves in a position where if we do the, do the right things at the right times, we can keep earning another week together. We can keep earning a little bit more time until we can get a chance to play on Memorial Day and we can get a chance to compete for a national championship. And, you know, that's what we want to do. But I think there's a lot of other prizes along the way that we got to earn um, each day before we, uh, before we get ourselves all excited about the, the big one uh, at the end. Well, so if I look at your schedule, uh, Coach, you got Albany today, who, by the way, just didn't really play very well against Syracuse, but then flipped it around against a really good Drexel team last week. And then yeah. you have Penn State, who's a top-five team. You hit Towson, who just beat, uh, you know, just beat Loyola. And then you hit mm-hmm. Yale. I mean, you just have hit a gauntlet right now of – Four legitimate uh-huh. games in the next 16, 14 days. You know, how do you keep yeah, your team focused? It's going to be an interesting stretch. Um, I think we, we try and practice that focus on a regular basis. You know, we, we just this past weekend, we opened up with uh, a Friday, Sunday weekend, and we, we made the statement at the beginning of the week, and, and so that they understand the beginning of the season, you know, there's nothing that we're going to talk about, discuss, or prepare for that's past uh, this immediate next game. And so we didn't address uh anything having to do with lehigh on sunday until we were done with with hobart on friday you know win or lose you just can't turn your attention and so uh it's going to continually be a, a process every week of of making sure that we're just looking at the, the schedule the right way we look at who's next and once we get past that we figure out who's after, who's after that and uh um you know the mentality has to be bought into but it, it has to be practiced it's not something that we can just show up and say you know don't focus on yale week because you know, they're using Yale week as motivation over the summer. Um, but we obviously have some pretty important games other than that. So we need to make sure that we're focusing on those when, when we get that opportunity as well. I mean, if you think about it, who thought that, I mean, Penn state was good. They kind of stumbled at the end of the year, you know, and mm-hmm. who thought Towson would be as good as they are, even though if you're close to lacrosse like we are, we knew how good they would be uh, with sure. a lot of talent there. Now, uh, moving into this stretch, You've played some games. You got four games in fourteen days. You know. Now you you've yeah. said you mentioned you keep the focus. You keep those guys going. Now let's talk about how do these kids in the Ivy League keep up on their studies? Uh, well, they have to be uh, pretty organized when it comes to time management. I mean, it's a it's an issue that we've we've discussed in the past because we we usually go into conference playoffs right around finals week. And so the guys are, you know, playing a, a two-game weekend last year, and either taking tests, uh, you know, in the in the conference center, or you know, we've had guys that have had to take it on the bus before because there's a specific time they need to take it, or, um, you know, the other solution is you have, you take those exams early, um, so they have to take it like a few days before before everybody else. So, um, they're they're pretty detailed when it comes to that. I think you know we've we've done a good job of of stressing that and making sure guys are focused. We have a three, four GPA as a team. And so wow. I think the guys really, um, you know, they take pride in that. Like everything else we're doing, we want it to be uh, done the right way. So, you know, I don't need guys to have 4.0s and, and, you know, be focused on wall street. I just want them to do their best job at whatever they're studying. So, you know, focus on your grades, get your homework done so that when we get to the weekend, you can, uh, you can go play lacrosse. Well, Pete, we appreciate your time. As always, you are the man. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. I'm probably the worst talk show host, though, by myself, Pete, so you know, in the history of, of radio. 
of sports yeah. radio. We all know that. I think you're um, great, Rick. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for the booch. But, uh, folks, that is Pete Millman. Pete, thank you very much. Good luck today against Albany. I love you, man. I wish you the best of luck. I want you to put up 20 today, please. Thanks, buddy. I just hope we win by one. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Folks, this is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. That was Pete Millman. We'll catch you for the last segment coming up in about three minutes. Uh, Right, Tommy Hogan? Three minutes or so, give or take. Three minutes. So we'll see you in three minutes, folks. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. I'm Rick Beersley. This is Tommy. See you there. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. Now that is some music right there. So I'd like to start the show before I tell you that this is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. I'm Rick Beardsley. That's Tommy Hogan filling in for Stephen Fonte. We don't know where he is. But Mooney, if you're listening outside, I just screamed to you, top of my lungs, you are showing your age. I needed to get the tickets to the Syracuse game, and you're sitting in your car, and I'm screaming. I got Mike Bristol coming in. I got Phil. I could hear you from in here. I mean, I was screaming top of my lungs, and you couldn't even hear me. Unbelievable. Well, we need to move on from that. Folks, let's talk about Syracuse versus UVA. 12 o'clock in the Carrier Dome. It will be on ESPN. Chris Cotter and Quint Kestinch, who I had dinner with last night at Prime. Not it to was, brag. It was a pretty good dinner. I can't lie. I crushed a, uh, a bone-in ribeye. There you go. And uh, some cauliflower. Interesting choice. Yes, and I did text you and say it was very tough to take myself home. I took myself home. My wife was amazed. Tori was amazed that I was home by 9.30. I washed all the cars, gassed them up, did what we needed to do. I was a good dad So because I was wanted to be prepared for this show. Of course. So, Tommy, let's just jump in with it. You have a number 12 in Syracuse, number 13 in UVA. Syracuse trying to pump it up that UVA is like 10. They're not in one poll. I consider the, the poll that we use uh, is the one we're going to go with. Um, what do you think? What do you think right now? You tell me. I mean, they have a legitimate offense. They have two of their attackmen are at fourteen, one fourteen points, one yep. with thirteen points. So they are Matt Moore, who's got nineteen points, and Michael Krause, who is one of the best players in America. Matt Moore, yeah, he's a midfielder with nineteen points, and then they have two attackmen with fourteen and yeah, thirteen. Yeah, Ian Laviano, I actually coached Ian Laviano at the Philly Freshman Showcase. Was on my team. I've known Ian for a long time. Started as a freshman last year. So give the scouting report on him. What's his weaknesses? What's his serious use attack? Oh well, right uh, now the matchup I'm looking forward to because you guys, everybody know I'm a defenseman. The matchup I'm looking forward to truly is Brett Kennedy versus Matt Moore at the midfield, and then on attack. I'm really. I want to see how Mellon. You love your boy Mellon. You think he's as legit as they come. Oh yeah. He's at Tawarton Finals. I will. We will see today against Michael Krause. Michael Krause is definitely not bashful going to the rack. I knew his uncle Andy, who was an All American at um, at UVA as well. I know his dad. He's a New Canaan guy. I know that the family very well. Tough kid. Uh, Ian Laviano. For me, I, I would stick him to his his left hand and beat him up because not a big guy. The thing about Michael Krause is Michael Krause is like a fire hydrant. Right then, you got Docs a- Docs Aiken. You got Ryan Conrad. Those are two big monsters on the midfield. Uh, you know UVA. The big thing on UVA is going to be can they play disciplined enough? Because Syracuse has typically played pretty disciplined. Also for Syracuse, Tommy, the big thing that they did, if you've noticed in these wins, the ball is going to the attack. It is starting from behind. It is turning the defense around. Okay, turning. I knew I would get a text. By the way, from Roy Three. Roy3, am I being nice to your team today? I hope I am. I'm trying hard to be as nice as I can because they're doing a great job. Okay, now I'm going to move on. I just shouted at Roy3. There we go. We're good. 
I think Syracuse, if they come with the energy that they have, now this is not going to be a, you know, Virginia can score in bunches and they'll play fast, but can Virginia be disciplined? Last year, the greatest thing Syracuse did was they played faster than UVA. Kennedy had two goals as a freshman with his long stick. It was a great game, uh, right? That was when Nate Solomon hit the goalie at the end, got a suspension, the whole thing, but that didn't negate what a great game that was in Charlottesville. And today, uh, you know, I'm talking about Syracuse by a goal. What are you thinking? Now, should Syracuse try to outrun UVA? I think and, so. And play I, think you speed, pace? I think you speed it up. You think so? Or, Absolutely. or should they slow it down and play? Because Syracuse's pace is more of a slow game, more of a pass mm-hmm. it around, find yep. the best shot. Which is boring and sucks. Might be boring, but it's won a couple of games now. It has. But notice they, the, they've played faster. They've, they've put cap- more energy. Yes, yet. they have. They've capitalized. In transition, they've gone to the goal. I love the fact that the attack is dodging, and they're do- what they're doing is drawing slides. But wouldn't it make sense for them to not speed up to UVA's pace and try to get the pace at their own game? Get slow the game back down to Syracuse's pace? Play at their pace? No, if I was UVA, I'd speed the game up on them. Well, no, of course, but for Syracuse, yeah, you I would play. The, I know, no, I would down, play. No? I would play faster. You, Really? Yeah, I think we have the. You got to remember, we had we had Dan the caller called in before we had Pete Mill and Dan. Thanks for the call, and he he he's made a good suggestion. Take Rifus off attack, and put him at the second midfield. The only thing with that is, it's not that Rifus would be a detriment on defense. Syracuse has two pretty good midfields. They're getting up and down. They're big and athletic. Um, you know, I think they can handle that rate of speed. But I think the great thing that Syracuse is doing, again, is allowing the attack to touch the ball. I think you got to trust the senior. Let him, let him pick it. You trust that he's going to pick it up and go back to the form that he was last year. Stick with him at the attack, and he's going to have a big game today. So, folks, it's been real. It is time. I'm predicting Syracuse 13-12. This is the, up- the rankings. Yep. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show. I'm Rick Beardsley. Tommy Hogan filling in. We hope to see you next week. Steve will be back. We love you. Go Orange.